0: Thank you, Sam. Well, it's a privilege to be back. My name is Walter. Uh, I've not been here for a little while, but I have got uh, still the privilege to lead the team here at Livetridge for a little while longer. And uh, we've been um, uh, away for, A little while, I've been to the Netherlands with Simona. As many of you know, we're uh, preparing to go and plant a church in Nijmegen in the Netherlands, so we had a week there, and uh, we uh, visited schools and uh, some different uh, RM churches in the Netherlands, and we had a weekend in Nijmegen to plant our flag in the ground, uh, to pray together, to walk through the city, and a lot of people who are interested, which uh, was really great to do uh, together. And then um, uh, coming back to the UK, we've been in Ipswich, I had the privilege to speak at SENT, one of the kind of 18s to 30s um, weekends that we do around relational mission to help the next generation to prepare for mission together, which is a real privilege and uh, as a little uh, parting gift, They passed on COVID to us, so uh, we've been hit for about a week. Uh, I've been let out of the house since Thursday again, which is great, but I'm I'm still climbing out the hole a little bit. So if I start coughing and spluttering halfway through, then please forgive me, but um, it's a real privilege to be back with you. Um, So today we're continuing our church planting series. So we're in the middle of the book of Acts and because uh, a lot of the themes that are getting uh, discussed in the book of Acts are about churches and church planting and uh, that crosses over very much with the season that we're in together as a church. Uh, We're gonna be planting into the Netherlands together uh, in this next year and uh, we thought just to press pause, um, it's not a different subject but it's just kind of zoning into the subject of church planting. So uh, Sam looked last week at the Great Commission how all of us are being uh, called to go that we're all sent uh, and uh, that Jesus wants us to live out the gospel wherever we are, in our workplaces, in our cities uh, and uh, wherever God may send us and today we're going to continue that and I just want to tell you a little bit about uh, the story of us planting into Nehemiah but also I want you to keep your hearts open, what does that mean for you here? So last summer we went to uh, Nijmegen to go and visit it for the first time. Uh, It's kind of one of the top 10 cities in the Netherlands and uh, it's uh, quite a creative, diverse city. It's beautiful really, but we'd never been before. So we thought we want to kind of know what the city is like before we commit ourselves to moving here. And uh, we had a little team uh, going with us and we thought, how do we best get to know the city? Well, one of the guys had a great idea. He said, I think we should go to the hairdressers. Because the hairdressers know everything, right? Right? They talk to everyone in the city. They know all the latest gossips. They know everything. So thought, well, that sounds like a good idea. I need a haircut anyway. So uh, uh, we went to uh, the city centre. Went, found the hairdressers. I think my friend went to Mr Beard, uh, and I went to the Four Brothers. I can tell you it was the most expensive haircut I've ever had, uh, but it was worth my weight. Um, so um, I sat down and uh, this guy cut my hair called Max. I said, Max, tell me about Naamach. I'm here for the first time. I'd like to know. So Max telling me all about Naamach. And then he asks me, he says, what, do, what are you doing here? So I got to tell him our story and uh, he was quite intrigued. Uh, he started cutting my hair slower and slower and slower. I think I sat there for about an hour, Uh, but uh, we had a great conversation. And uh, uh, so I told him about planting a church and I said, what's your experience? Um, Are you familiar with faith? Uh, He said he went to a Catholic school when he was younger, uh, but uh, he said um, his faith was LSD. And that was his kind of mind altering experience. And I said, help me understand how does that work? I don't quite know much about that, so if you want to know more about that, I can tell you later on, but I thought uh, probably for time's sake, I'll leave it there, but it was quite an interesting conversation. And then um, uh, I said, so what about the Christian faith? And he said, well, um, he said, I've, I've, I'm kind of like, intrigued, I think there's more, um, but uh, he said, I'm not a Christian and I never will be. I thought, wow, that kind of hit me in the face a little bit. Um, thought I've come here to this city hoping to find some people who want to know more about Jesus. I wasn't quite expecting this, and uh, I kind of wondered, like, how come Max is interested in more, even's willing to try some like experimental stuff, but has already decided that it can't be the God of the Bible. How is that possible? Well, as we kind of started chatting, um. Uh, Something just miraculous happened. I can't really explain, uh, explain it any other way. Um, uh, halfway through the conversation, he just stopped cutting my hair. He looks at me and he says, do you smell that? So I'm I I'm not sure what you mean. Like, said, well, it's like somebody lit a fragrance candle in the shop. It's just filled with this sort of sweet aroma everywhere. It's like, wow, no, um, I can't smell it. It's like, just checking you're not on that LSD stuff at the moment, yeah? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Um, uh, I said, has anything like this happened to you before? That no. So um, I got to explain a little bit how God speaks in all sorts of ways. And I believe that um, one of these ways uh, was supernatural ways. So I um, got to uh, speak to him about that. And uh, I just came away kind of mind boggled. What was God doing in that moment? I couldn't quite figure it out. So um, I kind of like spent some time praying, saying, God, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you trying to say to me through this? Um, and a couple of days later, we were walking through the city and um, uh, we were praying that God would speak to us. And uh, one of the people came back and said, um, I-, I felt God speaking to me through a phrase on a, a-, a shop window. It was a fragrance shop. And it said, um, uh, their memory... Uh, their fragrance will never be forgotten. The memory of their fragrance will never be forgotten. And it kind of hit me home. I thought, hey, I think this is on a theme that I'm familiar with. And then God started to speak to me through a verse, the fragrance of Christ. You, you may have heard about it. Why don't you open your Bible? Um, 2 Corinthians, you can find it. So uh, if you flick over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Now, I had never read these words in the same way before. I felt like God popped open my eyes in that moment. He says, we are the aroma of Christ. The fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? You and I are the fragrance of Christ. When they meet you, they smell something of Jesus in the way that you live the way that you handle your family, the way that you handle your finances or the way you handle your work. They can can see something, they can smell something of Jesus on us. Now, um, fragrance and memories are connected together. Did you know? Sometimes you just walk into a room, you smell something and instantly you remember something. Now, uh, a little while ago, my sister-in-law decided to buy uh, Simona a little surprise. She bought her the fragrance that she wore on her wedding day. She was the master of ceremony, so she had remembered what fragrance that was. Um, I was already quite, kind of mind-blowing in and of itself. But um, she gave that as a gift to her, and uh, Simone didn't tell me. She put it on and, and, and then came over to me and said, Can you smell this? What do you think of? I'm thinking, Oh no, this is a trick question. Uh, If I'm going to get this wrong, I'm going to pay for it. Um, But instantly, I remembered our wedding day. I said, that's the fragrance you wore on our wedding day. Passed with flying colors. (laughs) Um, And uh, and, um, um, uh, it shows you how these two are uh, connected. Now, to me, it's mind-boggling that when people see the way that we live our lives and smell something about us, they are meant to remember Jesus. We are the memory, we're keeping the memory of Jesus alive in the earth. That's what it says. The fragrance of the knowledge of him. You and I are supposed to remind people of Jesus when we meet them. When I was having that conversation with Max, something supernatural happened. And it was God encountering Max, showing him that he is to be remembered. Even when Max had decided you will nothing to do with it. Now, you and I get to be that memory. Now, when we see the early church being birthed, we can see that, that that very quickly started to happen. Like The people around Jerusalem, the way that they lived, the way that they spent their money, the way that they cared for one another, um, it just reminded them of Jesus who had just died on the cross and a revolution just happened. Like A revival happened through the city. People came to Christ in thousands. Like It was a really, really beautiful thing that happened. But we can also see that at that moment in time, there is something that comes against the church, that comes against us being the fragrance of Christ in the world. First of all, we can see the Jewish leaders trying to stop it, stop it, stop talking about Jesus. We don't wanna hear about it. Then we can see that there's something inside the church that comes against the spreading of the fragrance of Christ. We can see, first of all, that there's compromise. Acts 5, we looked at the story of Ananias and Sapphira. The way that they were handling their money stank. It was not the fragrance of Christ that was being spread and God put a hold to it. Then we can see um, that there is structural uh, challenges. So act six, we can see that the apostles get so busy that they no longer get to share the word of Christ again. And God puts a stop to it. He says, no, that needs to change. There's deacons that come in so they can give themselves to the word again. And then we can see um, that there is success, even success that stops them. You see, Jesus had said, um, uh, we've seen this last week, uh, go to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. And it all started in Jerusalem, and there was thousands of people that come into faith. I mean, imagine being part of that church. That would have been exciting, right? No one wanted to go anywhere. They were in Jerusalem, and they thought, what we have is a good thing. And everyone stayed in Jerusalem. Even the success of the church was stopping the fragrance of Christ to be spread. Now, then God does something mind-boggling. In order for the fragrance to be spread, he breaks things. Now, breaking is not, we don't tend to like things breaking, right? We've got IKEA crockery in our house for that very reason because stuff breaks all the time and we can just replace it because there's plenty more where that came from. But the reality is that God breaks stuff in order for it to spread. We can see that the church in Jerusalem was broken overnight. Um, Hannah, Graham looked at that the other day when she was telling the story of Stephen, that there's a big persecution that comes on the church. Now imagine you were in Jerusalem at that time. You were part of that church. It's the best church that ever existed in the whole history. Thousands of people come to faith and you have the apostles themselves to teach you on a Sunday. I mean, how cool would that be? And then it just breaks overnight. Persecution comes, everyone has to flee. The church is decimated, everyone leaves, and now all of a sudden, you're in foreign territory, probably lodging with some father, kind of friends or family, whatever you can imagine, and there's no apostles to teach you anymore, there's no thousands of Christians anymore, and you are on your own. Do you imagine you'd be a bit disappointed? You'd be like, I was part of the good old days in Jerusalem. Look what we got there. That was brilliant. But what we can see happen in the New Testament, it says that that moment, everywhere they went, they start to preach the word. and People start to come to faith. The fragrance of Christ is spreading. And now it's spreading not just in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, not just in Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what God had in mind. Now, for us, we're going through seasonal breaking as well. We're going to plant a church in Nijmegen, and that costs. That costs. I mean, it costs me. It costs me a lot. I mean, we've been spending our last few months trying to figure out how much it's going to cost, and and I did not like what came out of it. Um, I mean, we're having very tangible conversations about what it means to leave your friends and your school. And we went to visit schools in the Netherlands, and the girls were all nervous, and it's hard. I mean, we've been saving up for years to try and buy our house. We've only lived in it for two years, and now we had to hammer a for sale sign in the garden. I can tell you when that stake went down, it just went straight in my heart. It's like, I do not want to give up this house. This is a beautiful house. I've been praying for this for years. Then we've had some meetings with financial advisors. Well, that just made it even worse and we did all the maths, calculated, it's going to cost £36,000 just to move from the UK to the Netherlands. That's just to sell your house in one place and all the fees involved, moving companies, and then buying a new house. You don't get anything for that. That's just to get there. That's a lot of money. Don't even have that amount of money. So we're kind of saying, okay, God, we're happy to put our all in. We make a bit of money on the house. That's great but it's going to go straight back into the kingdom. And I've been telling you stories before how God's been testing us to to trust him with our everything. Well, it feels like we're coming to another chapter. God's saying, right, I'll, I'll have the church. I'll have the house. I'll have your friends. I'll have your car. I'll have your savings. All of it. It's like breaking the bank for Jesus. It's like breaking... the things that are, are, are of most worth to you for Jesus. But I tell you, this story shows me that if I trust Jesus with my everything, if I let him break it, there will be a spreading that comes as a result, the spreading of the fragrance of Christ. When I speak to other people about the choices we're about to make, they kind of look at me like, are you nuts? This does not make sense. It wouldn't if it wasn't for Jesus. Now, instantly, when we're having these conversations, there is something of the fragrance of Christ that starts to come into that conversation, whether you like it or not. And that's what God wants to do through you and through me. Now, the reason that Max said that, um, uh, uh, the reason Max encountered um, the sweet fragrance of Christ in our conversation but has never met it before was because he'd never been in a church where there were people who lived like that. Sadly, in the Netherlands, half of the churches are empty. They're being repurposed. Only one in 20 people go to a church that preaches the Bible. That means there's not enough people to encounter who live all in for Jesus. And that's why we plant churches. You see, when Jesus broke the church in Jerusalem, it spread, and what happens as a result? New churches were being planted. And these people that were all in here moved away, and they were all in here. And now people start to get something of the fragrance of Christ, and it attracted people, and they start following Jesus. and now we'd see new churches being birthed. Now, Jesus' design is that when people walk through the doors, they smell something of Jesus. And that's you and that's me. But it does require a sense of breaking. You see, if we hold everything that's dear to us to ourselves and we kind of say, well, Jesus is kind of the thing that I do on a Sunday, but the rest, like, that's mine, that's that's not going to release the fragrance of Christ. It's going to lock it up. It's going to hunker it down in order for it to be spread. We need churches that are filled with people that live all in. They go, Jesus, I'm willing to invest my everything in you. And when people then come through the doors, they'll smell something different. Now, the reason that Max had never smelled is because he'd never been in a church where that was the case. Now, what will people smell when they walk through the door here in Peterborough? Will they just meet somebody who goes to a church on a Sunday and then lives the rest of their lives the same as they do? Or will they smell something different? Will they be intrigued about how you spend your money and and, and how you do family life and how you work? I mean, we're called to spread the gospel here in Peterborough, first of all. Now, we're going through a season of breaking because we're sending, uh, obviously, the Vertigo family, but we're also investing financially. But there's also gonna be a season where you have an opportunity to break the things that are most costly to you. So the fragrance will be released. When we're gonna do some gift days for Nijmegen uh, 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 end of the month, Um, we're not just fundraising. We're not just fundraising because we need some money to plant the church. We want to give you an opportunity to live like Christ to put you all in, to sacrifice. I can tell you the way that you spend your money makes a big difference in this world. It speaks loudly. What you do throughout the week, the way that you do your work, these things speak loudly. The way you handle your sexuality, your relationships, how you forgive people, that speaks loudly. And this is not just gonna be life church watching the Vertigo family go to the Netherlands. You have got a stake in this. You're the church together. And when people walk through the doors, now there's an opportunity as this gets broken up for you to play a part here. So when people walk through the doors, they smell something of Jesus. And who knows where God will take you? Perhaps it's speak to her for now, but there will be opportunities he may bring you to other places. The UK needs plenty more churches that are filled with the fragrance of Christ. Europe needs plenty more churches that are filled with the fragrance of Christ. And the whole world needs plenty more churches with the fragrance of Christ that are being spread. And that's why it's our goal, relational mission, to plant 100 churches in the UK by 2040. Maybe some of you are gonna be part of that. What will come out of here? Where will we go? There's enough exciting places around that do not have churches that are spirit-filled, are full of grace, and preaching the word of God. There's more needed. That's why it's our mission to plant 20 churches in each of the 50 nations in Europe. I mean, impossible task, right? But with God's help, we will do it. I wholeheartedly believe. Now, we're just gonna be part of one of those. But who knows what else will come out of this? Now, there's a really beautiful story in the New Testament about breaking and the fragments of Christ being released. It's the story of Mary. Now, Mary comes and anoints Jesus' feet. You can find it uh, in the Gospel of Mark. um, If you want to find it, it's Mark 14. Uh, I'm not going to read it all now because we'll run out of time. Um, But what Mary does is she comes in with a jar of perfume. Uh, It's it's an alabaster jar. It's about half a litre of perfume. And she breaks it and she pours it over Jesus' feet. And that releases the fragrance through the whole house, it says. Now, it's quite an astonishing thing. Uh, uh, this is half a litre of perfume. She couldn't just put a little puff on. It was, it was like everything or nothing. It's like as soon as that jar breaks, it's going to be released. I don't know whether you've ever sat in the, in, in the, on the bus with somebody who overdid it a bit on the aftershave. That's not pleasant, is it? Yeah. Now, imagine somebody breaking half a litre of perfume next to you. I mean, the whole house will stink for days, won't it? I mean, this is like extraordinary. Before you came in, you were having dinner, you had laid down at the table, all you could smell was food and feet from the person that was laying next to you. When that bottle broke, I can tell you you won't smell anything for days other than that strong fragrance. Um, Now, this was not anything. I mean, this, this was perfume that was hard to come by. It says pure nart. Nart had to be imported from the Himalayas. Um, It it was estimated to be about a year's salary, about 36,000 pounds. That's a lot of money. I don't know whether you've bought an expensive fragrance before. I bet you wouldn't have spent 36,000 pounds on it. Um, This was probably Mary's dowry or her inheritance, everything that she had. And when she came to Jesus, she decided to go all in. She broke it for Jesus. And as she broke it, the fragrance was released. Now, she would have smelled for days like it, Jesus would have smelled for days like it, it was the fragrance that spread all around. But it was breaking that was required for it to be released. The same thing that happened to the Jerusalem church, it was a breaking required for it to be released. And the same is true for us at the moment. We're going through a season of breaking. Most people will go, don't like change. I don't like change. So why would we break up what we have? We had a good thing, right? And we've done it before. When Adam and Lorna went uh, five years ago, we did the same thing. We didn't like it then, did we? And we don't like it now, do we? Because we don't like things to break. We like things to stay together. But through it, the gospel will be multiplied. Now, what is it in your life that you're trying to hold together so desperately that it holds back? spreading the fragrance of Christ. What is it that you can break in this season to put at the feet of Jesus and say, here you have my everything? You see, Mary didn't respond to a fundraising request from Jesus when she gave her everything. It says that what she did, she did to prepare him for his burial. She had seen something that was to come that led her to give her her everything. You see, it's not hard when you see Jesus A few days later, giving his everything on the cross, not breaking a bottle of perfume, not paying 36,000 pounds, but investing a life, breaking his own body on the cross for you and me. It's not hard to put your all in when Jesus has already put in his all. He gave his everything for you and for me. Because we're not just the fragrance of Christ, we're the bride of Christ, we're the treasure of Christ. He gave His everything for us so that we may give our everything to Him. What does it mean for you to give your everything to Jesus? A little while ago, we had a gift day, and, um, uh, and, and I felt Jesus saying, I want you to give your all. And, and the question He asked me is, What's the one thing that you would not want to give to me? Now, instantly, I was thinking of my beautiful bass guitar, my Corvette 5 Warwick rock bass. I was, Jesus, you can have everything. Not that. Maybe you're a bit like that. If you let Jesus look in your heart now and say, what would you not be willing to give up? I'm sure we all have something, right? Now I had to go on a little journey with Jesus on that one and learning how to surrender it to him. And um, I put it online, put it out for sale. It took a lot of uh, emotional courage to do that. Uh, and then COVID hit, and no one was able to buy or sell anything. Um, and for a few months, um, I was in this sort of limbo, and then God provided me the money that I wanted to give through the raising of this guitar in another way. It was my ram in the thickets, as you may say. Um, God provided another way. But, he did take me to that point of learning how to surrender everything. That doesn't mean that you'll have to get rid of everything, that we all have to live like homeless people, but it does mean that we are willing to offer to Jesus the things that are most valuable to us. What would that mean for you in this season? To offer the things that are most valuable to you, to Jesus. Why don't you close your eyes for a minute? Just let him speak to you. Maybe the band can come up in the meantime and then we'll respond together. Why don't we stand together? See, our desire is for Jesus to be at the center of everything we do. Here at the church, in your life, our desire is when people walk through the doors they will smell Jesus in the way that we do life, in the way that we invest our everything, and we all have a part to play in that. So Jesus, we wanna to respond to you and say, Lord, will you have our everything? Thank you that you gave us your everything, that you were willing to let your body be broken on the cross for us. Thank you that you've been breaking things ever since. The early church... Many churches sins, Lord, to spread the fragrance of Christ, the things that are most valuable to us. Lord, we want to say, have our most precious things. Let it be broken for you so the fragrance of Christ may spread here in Peterborough, in the UK, in the Netherlands, in Europe. Lord, we pray that it will multiply everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.